In today's show, we're recapping all of Monday's action across the NBA. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Before we get into talking about Monday's action, there was a coach fired in the NBA. I did speak about it a little bit on the pregame show. Lloyd Pierce out in Atlanta. Nate McMillan taking that job as the lead assistant. Now, normally when a new coach comes in, especially one who's on the staff already, you don't see massive changes immediately because that assistant coach has already been a big part of the decision-making. Unless McMillan and Pierce had significant disagreements about how players were used, the offense that was running, all that sort of stuff. I'm not sure huge amounts is going to change, but... McMillan is a guy that has gotten more defensive talent out of guys in the past, so watch for that to see whether the Hawks can improve there. But he's also a guy that's had very stagnant offenses and offenses that go really low in terms of three-point attempt rate. So does that was that going to change anything with Trey Young? Maybe not, but maybe it does with John Collins. Maybe it does with guys like Cam Reddish on the wing. Maybe it does with um, yeah, what they were doing with DeAndre Hunter and his shot attempts. So just that's something to watch, but I don't think it'll be a necessarily a quick move. I don't think it's, oh man, we have to buy low on John Collins because Nate McMillan's coaching, or we yeah, watch out for Rajon Rondo, or anything like that. I wouldn't be making any moves based on this, but we want to just watch and see what actually goes on over this first you know, two, three weeks under Nate McMillan, uh, replacing Lloyd Pierce, and whether that makes a change to anything that they do. The most important thing I'm watching for is three-point attempt rate with those at Atlanta Hawks. So let's talk about the games now from Monday. The first one, the Philadelphia 76ers beat the Pacers 131-14. It really wasn't that close, to be honest. There was no um, Jeremy Lamb in this game, but Malcolm Brogdon did play, which was a little bit of a surprise. Brogdon played 29 minutes and scored 20 points. Uh, Didn't hit a three, didn't get a steal, didn't get a block, which is obviously not great for a bloke that's a good three-point shooter to not hit any of them. And then those defensive numbers. Remember how sky-high they were to begin this season? They have uh, returned to normal. And Demontis Sabonis, who had that little peak of big defensive numbers, has now now gone three consecutive games without one single steal or one single block. So safe to say he didn't become a defensive savant all of a sudden. Not his best game either. 15-9-7 and seven with the triple zero. Um, because this game was a blowout and because we had no Jeremy Lamb and then we had Doug McDermott break a tooth. We had big minutes from Edmund Sumner. 29 minutes from him. 18 points with two steals. Really good stuff from Sumner. But Lamb and then Levert will come back and then McDermott will come back. He's just not going to be a part of the rotation. Jazza Holiday had 12 points with four threes and two steals. I do think his value is going to dip later on this year, but he remains a solid 12-team league guy. And I'd say the same thing about Timothy John McConnell. Even though this was a pretty rough night for McConnell, 7-5-5, five, and five, he still had those five assists, but they just basically didn't give a shit. If he had the ball outside the three-point line, they just said, what do we care? You're not going to shoot it. And I think that caused some real problems in the offense. And he is a guy that, again, when Levert, And then when Warren eventually comes back, it is going to have an impact on how many minutes McConnell plays. So let's pay attention to that. He is a must-roster player for now. Whether that remains or not uh, is something that is up in the air. Nice little cameo from Aaron Holiday as well with six assists, but again, it's likely due due to the uh, the blowout and the absence there of, uh, of Jeremy Lamb. 
Now, Joel Embiid, Doc Rivers said he was very questionable to play. So, of course, he started and dominated, which is just going in usual line with whatever bullshit Doc Rivers says before the game. Remember last time that Embiid missed and Rivers said that, um, nah, there's nothing wrong with him. He's Why wouldn't he be playing? He's definitely playing. He went through a shoot-around. There's no issue. And then, of course, he didn't play. 24 and 13 for Embiid in 27 minutes with a block while Shake Milton. Thirty minutes for twenty six points on sixty four percent shooting. Now Shake has been for a guy that's a good three point shooter. He's been a shit house three point shooter. I think he's at thirty one percent on the season. Um, now he got extra usage because of the absence of the thick hogsman. He got extra minutes because of the blowout. So don't read too much into this. He's more of a stream option. Prison Mike Scott started for Tobias Harris. He had 11 points in 25 minutes, also had four steals and didn't miss a shot. So there's a lot of flukiness here with Mike Scott. So I don't read too much into it. While Ferky from Turkey also added two blocks with six triples. Just some weird and wonderful performances there. Seth Curry was pretty poor. Seven points in 23 minutes, five assists and a steal for Seth. I do not believe he is 100% a must roster player. While Dan Green only had three points in 19 minutes, but he did have a triple one, bringing the defensive stats in again. That just shows how much of a blowout this was. They just didn't need to extend Danny Green. They just, well, he's the guy they're always going to protect because he's older and, and in beat as well, to a degree. Um, but he's older. They'll just you know, limit him when when that uh, chance is there. When they need him to play big minutes, they'll play him big minutes. And uh, they didn't need to play him those big ones in this one. There is a chance that the Thick Hogsman, Tobias Harris, does return for the next game. Um, I think I am a TH. T to the H. Yeah, TH for life. So, um, yeah, look, that value for, say, Korkmaz and Scott and Milton is probably going to decrease a little bit as we move forward, as early as next game. Guys, the stress of daily life weighs on your body. Whether you're an elite athlete or someone like me, hey, what? I don't know, why are those two things mutually exclusive? If you're just trying to make it through the day tension-free, Theragun can help. Theragun is the handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power, and it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. I love using Theragun. Like, I sit down all day watching basketball, recording shows, writing, doing all this stuff, and my body gets tense. You know, from years of sporting stuff earlier in my life, back injuries, muscle misalignments, Theragun is fantastic. It doesn't just feel good. It gets to the source of the pain. It releases that tension using Theragun's signature percussive therapy, which goes 60% deeper than vibration alone. I want to hit the button. Whether you want to treat your muscle tension from working out or injury or just the stresses of everyday life, there's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4. Try Theragun for 30 days, starting at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash locked on right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash locked on. Theragun.com slash locked on. Guys, if you want to buy parts for your car, you don't go to the local chain store. That's a waste of your time and a waste of your money because you can search up the inordinate amount of parts that are available for all different makes and models of cars right from your computer by going to rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for the auto and body parts for your car from hundreds of manufacturers. And best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Good question. You won't. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, 
Let's flick it back on over to the next game now, and that is the uh, Dallas Mavericks beating the, Ma- the Magic 131-24. That matchup is such a tongue twister. Maxi Kleber, he has been disappointing this year, but this is why he always looks to be a guy that can be a 12-team league helper. 28 minutes, 13 points, three threes, three steals, two blocks. Hold on to your dicks, but he's a top 100 player over the last two weeks. Now, I'm not saying that makes him a must-roster 12-team league guy. Far from it. But if he can get the steals, the blocks, and threes combination going, even forget the steals. Two threes, 1.5 blocks, do a little bit of scoring, be relatively efficient, that's 12-team valuable. For now, just a 14-team league ad, but keep an eye on Muxy. Luka Doncic, 33, 10, and 9. That's pretty good, apart from the free throws. What, Paul Zingas? Paul Zingas. 17 and 10 in 33 minutes. He hit three threes. Now, he was horribly inefficient, 33% from the field. But otherwise, not a bad night, and the 33 minutes is encouraging. Jalen Bronson continues to be better than both Josh Richardson and Tim Hardaway. 24 points, 6 rebounds, 29 minutes for the burner, 69% Giggity. from the field. Now, that will obviously come down, but he is a guy that is a top 100 player as well over the last two weeks. He is a guy you can add for 14-team leagues, absolutely, and I would consider him a 12-team league add. As for Tim, I'd probably drop him in, in 12s. I don't really see the point. Five points in 23 minutes, poor shooting. And even if he gets better, what's the upside? Maybe he's the 120th best player. Is that worth holding on to? The answer to that is a categorical no. In fact, get that garbage out of here. Yep, he can go. And as I've said all along, Josh Richardson has no real place as a must roster 12 team league player. Interestingly, shit night from Dorian Finney-Smith. Six points with four rebounds and two assists. He's that guy who's more 14 than 12-team, although occasionally will have 12-team performances that make you go, yeah, maybe, and then generally you'll just say, nah. Willie Cauley-Stein hurt his thumb. That's why he played only four minutes, so we got Dwight Pally pal back into the rotation for the Magic. It's Vosevic. Vosevic. 35 minutes for Nikola Vucevic, 29, 15, and 8 with five threes. His excellent season continued. 57 fantasy points. Didn't attempt a free throw, but still those numbers are great. While Evan Fournier only played 27 minutes, had an issue with his groin, and that does not include Googling the term Fournier. But he returned to the court. He didn't look quite right. I wouldn't be ex- wouldn't be surprised to see him pop up on the injury report again with a, uh, with a pulled groin. Giggity. 26 points for Fournier, 62% shooting, five triples, good numbers there. While Michael Carter-Williams, probably the best game he's had since he's been a starter. Um, we saw him hit some shots, finally, 62%. 18, 8, and 6 in 22 minutes, uh, 29 minutes, sorry. Look, Cole Anthony might return after the break, and I think eventually he will be the starter again, Anthony. It might not happen straight away. So Carter-Williams is fine for the short term, but short term it is only. Uh, Terry Ross, 36 minutes, 18 points, two steals and a block. A nice return to form. While the Baconator started in place of Jim Ennis, he continues to be one of the shittest permanent producers in the NBA. Seven points in 31 minutes. While the Chief Al-Faruq Aminu, Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. He's not getting your steals and blocks. He's Dwayne Bacon-esque. Seven points in 23 minutes for Aminu. Just start Chumurakiki. I don't know what the problem is. It's 23 minutes, and you can tell me he's on a minutes limit. He tore his ACL two friggin' years ago. Like, what are we still doing on a minutes limit here? I know he didn't play at all last year, but he tore his ACL in March 2019. Maybe it was February 2019. Maybe it was April. Regardless, it's two years ago. He shouldn't have this minutes limit. Six points, two threes. Yeah, he's fine. He's not a great fantasy option, but I just want to see him out there playing. I don't need to see whatever this is from Aminu. I don't need to see four minutes of Gary Clark. I don't need to see Ken Birch playing next to Vucevic. I don't need to see that. Nobody needs to see that for a team like the Orlando Magic. Surely nobody needs to see that. Next game. 
The Jazz fall to the Pelicans, 129-124. Boyan Bogdanovich, 31 points with seven triples and three steals. That's a huge game from Bogdanovich, who still is not a top 150 player this year. He'll have these games. He has the shitful ones. Look, if you want him in a 12-team league, it's not my job to tell you to have him or not. By all means, do it. But the lack of consistency, the lack of upside, means that having his spot probably does limit you somewhat. And this is excellent. 50 fantasy points. No worries. Great game. Seven triples. Awesome. Three steals. Amazing stuff. But he just has been so inconsistent that it is hard to rely upon that. The big fella, Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. 22 points in 33 minutes. Five blocks. Giggity. 69, I went too early on that, 69% from the field. Another big game from Gobert, while Clarkson had 25 and 4, and Mike Conley, just the 10 points on 33% shooting. I think Conley might be a bit of a buy-low with that sort of performance. He did hit two threes, he did have eight assists, and he did have two steals. So just that shooting wasn't there, and the shooting also wasn't there for Don Mitchell. 33% from the field, but encouragingly, eight assists for Don, and six of six from the line, playing next to Conley. That's encouraging. Big donut from Joe Ingles, zero points in 22 minutes. He had a steal and a block, but when everyone's healthy, it is hard to rely upon Ingles. Now, he is the 107th ranked player this year, but it's going to be games where someone sits that he, that he spikes and then games where, some, where everyone plays that his value decreases. I wouldn't hold him in 10s. He's a bear, barely a hold to me in 12-team leagues, but that's, that's sort of where he is. And in most cases, I'd probably, if I saw him on the wire in a 12-team league, I wouldn't be going, holy shit, Joe Ingles, I've got to go and grab him. I'd look at my team and I'd say, well, maybe I add him, maybe I don't. That's sort of where I sit with him. For the Pelicans, Lonzo Ball, 23-7-8. Two blocks, three threes. He's actually really good. He's the 54th ranked player over the over the course of the season. And remember the struggles he had to begin this year. He's shooting well. The numbers are up. This is the guy. They should be building around him as a point guard. I, I don't really understand the idea to trade him. Get rid of Bledsoe. But I don't understand the idea to trade Lonzo. Maybe they still do, but man, that was really good. Ingram, 26-4-5. Great game there. And Zion Williamson, he's almost literally unstoppable. 26-10-5, I just like to see yeah, a little bit more in some of these other areas, but still another five assists. He's developing that part of his game. I think he's going to be excellent. 37 minutes for Eric Bledsoe. Who watches this game and goes, I need more Eric Bledsoe. Stan Van Gundy, apparently. Now, they won, so that's fine, but he was one of only two players to have a negative plus-minus. 11-5-5 with two steals, but the fact that his minutes are pushing this high again, and the fact that Van Gundy said Kyra Lewis and Nikhil Alexander-Walker, this is what he said to them. Get that garbage out of here! It means we've got to pay attention to Bledsoe. He was in the 24-minute range for a few weeks, and then I thought, oh, shit, they are marginalizing him. Nah, don't worry about that. We're playing big minutes to one of the worst players on the team. He is fine to stream back in for 12s. Steve Adams, I'm not sure. He's a must-roster 12-teamer. Five points, 11 rebounds, 26 minutes. There's just Where's the upside in it? Not even a top 150 player this year. Best-case scenario, he's 120th, maybe. Get rid of him. I wouldn't bother with it. While uh, Josh the Hitman Hart, 13-7 and seven in his 24 minutes. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA... College basketball and the NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. But if you're going to get that 50% welcome bonus, you've got to use our promo code LOCKED ON. One word, LOCKED ON. Bet online are your online sportsbook experts. 
All right, go on to the next game now. And it is the Denver Nuggets beating the Chicago Bulls 118-112. Big Chungus. Big, big Chungus, big Chungus, big Chungus. Big, big. 77 fantasy points. The number one fantasy player this year. 39, 14, and 9. One steal, two blocks. We've been begging with Jokic and Malone to say, just let this guy shoot. Let's give him the ball and tell everybody... Kids, watch your ears. Tell everybody to get the fuck out of the way because this guy is dominant. And this year, it's happened and no one can stop him. Awesome stuff. Mick Porter. Is this a sell high for Maga Porter Jr.? I'm not sure. 17 and 15 in 35 minutes. A steal and a block. I'd definitely be inquiring about it. Millsap, Green, Campazzo, Gary Harris, RJ Hampton. These guys are not going to play until after the All-Star break. So Porter's going to get a nice run at things. Maybe give it another one or two games here and then try and sell high. Because all those guys, especially Millsap, Green, and Harris, have to come back into the rotation. The headmaster had 24 points in 36 minutes. Jamal Murray, while Farton Will Barton's a nice, a nice enough stream guy with all those guys out. 14 and 6 in 36. And Monty Morris brings the assists with uh, usually zero turnovers. He had, he had two here, so that was a disappointment. Four assists there. Doja had five points in his 18 minutes, and Zeke Naji played 13 minutes for two points. Also, in what world is giving Vlatko Chanchar 20 minutes a game a good idea? But apparently they it is, because they won. On to the Bulls. Thad Young saw his minutes go up, and he is an absolute monster with steals. Five of them here. Four assists, 12 points in 28 minutes. I think the value is going to drop off from that, but man, it's so good at the moment. Levine, 23, 9, and 5. Hasn't really got back to top form. While Kobe White, 20 and 10 in 37 minutes. I thought he struggled in this one early, and the shooting wasn't good, but at least he is starting to have more of a crack than what he was earlier this year. Pat Williams, 13 points, but you know, very little else there. More of a 14-team league guy, and this was a disaster for Wendell Carter Jr. His last two games have been shithouse. I wouldn't drop him. If he is dropped, I would add him, but it has not been good the last two games. 8-3-2 with a triple zero. Abused by Jokic. Had some foul trouble here as well. Not a good matchup, and uh, he was made to suffer. Denzel the Hammer Valentine had 13 points. He also took 15 shots, which is way too much for a guy of the caliber of Denzel Valentine, but he can be at least a deeper league streamer for that three-point category. The next game on the docket here is an overtime game. The, the Nets had this one won. And then the Spurs rattled off a 10-point yeah, run towards the oh, at the end of the fourth quarter, uh, capped by DeJounte Murray game tire, and then the, the Nets win it in overtime, 124-113. Jimmy Harden had 30, 14, and 15 with two steals and three threes, and his next game is against the Rockets. Now, I know you're going to say revenge game, but it doesn't, I'm not even what I'm talking about. The Rockets are shithouse, so that's why he's going to destroy them. Let's talk about Speedy Claxton. Nick Claxton played 17 minutes. He is obviously under-conditioned. 17 points, one steal, three blocks. I have talked about this guy for a long time. I have said many times I think he's a better fit than DeAndre Jordan and a better player than DeAndre Jordan. But with uh, Jeff Green out, with Kevin Durant out, I, I don't feel like I can guarantee 25 minutes for Claxton. He is going to push up, but Jordan still played 35 minutes in this game. He had 8 and 13 with five assists and three blocks, which is not a bad game from DeAndre. So while adding Claxton is fine, Want to take a flyer? By all means. When we try to do this, we've got to just try and view it. Like, how is he going to get enough minutes? And Now, this production is useful. He's not a 28% usage player, though. So we've got to realize, well, in 17 minutes, Josh, he was easily 12 10. Yeah, that's fine. But that's not real. That's not realistic. Nobody's doing this. So he needs 25 minutes a night. We've still got to incorporate 35 for Durant and, say, 27 for Green. And then you can cut some out for Jordan. 
So getting to the number what we need him to get to is probably going to be tough. And also, he hurt his ankle towards the end of this game too. So that's something that bears monitoring. Love him. Think he's great. But I think we need to just calm down a bit. If you add him, try and find someone who uh, who's a big Claxton. And I'm a big Claxton fan. I'm also not someone that's going to just go crazy on a trade. But find that person and maybe deal him off. Kyrie had 27, 6, and 7 with 6 triples. And the Shark, Bruce Brown. We have to talk about Bruce Brown because what is this bloke doing? The Nets gave this guy up for nothing, by the way. Remember that. 35 minutes for... Not the Nets, the Pistons, sorry. 35 minutes, 23 points on 77% shooting. And that might seem like a fluke, but he's like 65% all year. Two steals, two threes. 87th ranked player over the last two weeks. Now, when Durant returns, he's going to lose a lot of this, but holy shit, that was amazing. Again, great short-term value. Joe Harris, nine points on three shots, and Landry Shamet. Dude, Landry Shamet just needs to be out of this rotation so that we can keep Claxton and Brown going. He, I don't think he is very good at all. For the Spurs, a big game from Lonnie Walker. Well done. 19 points, five threes, four assists, one steals, two blocks. Excellent stuff. Do I think this makes him a 12-team league guy? No, not at all, because there are still a bunch of guys that still need to return, and I don't think this is uh, sustainable, but he's been really good the last two games. Murray was awesome as well, 19-6-8. Well, how about the big fella, Jakob Pertl? 36 minutes, 14 and 12. He played 36 minutes. Aldridge played 15 and missed all three shots. I was going to say this is controversial, but I don't think it is. Pertl's better than Aldridge. He's a clearly a better defender. Now, he's not a better offensive player, but he's a, bit, he's a better player. I thought it would be really tough for Greg Popovich to come out and tell LaMarcus Aldridge, sorry, LaMarcus, you're coming off the bench now. But the injury and the fact that he eased him back on the bench, I think there is a chance now Pop just says, look, LaMarcus, sit in the second unit, have a high usage, and let Jakob work things out. I, I think they might do it. Pirtle's a must-roster player. DeRozan had 22, 6, and 11, while Paddy Mills played 31 minutes, 14 points, 5 assists. Mills is a nice streamer in the short term um, with everyone uh, with everyone out, but uh, I imagine Keldon Johnson returns tomorrow. I think White, Vassell, and Gay will remain sidelined. Luka Sharmanich had 8 points in his 17 minutes. Um, as for LaMarcus Aldridge, am I going to do it? Am I going to say it? Get that garbage out of here! I, I think he's a guy that we don't, necessarily just drop but if there's someone out there that you want to take a flyer on I don't think you're missing much with Aldridge I think he's too slow to play the four he's not good enough defensively to play the five the offensive game has fallen off he's old man I think I mean, he just might be old and his hip is rooted so uh, that's there's a lot of problems there with him at the moment I, I am definitely worried about his and I'll, I'll stand by the statement I said and I could be very wrong he is not an NBA starter next season and I think he might actually already be there at this point alright let's go on to the next game now we had the Cavs beating the Rockets the Rockets are an absolute shambles at the moment 101-90 let's start with the Cleveland side of things the Padawan Colin Sexton one of his best games of the season 42 minutes that is a shit ton of minutes 39 points, 4 triples, 8 assists and 2 steals. Now, I criticize Sexton a lot for either not getting to the line, 15 attempts here. Not getting big assists, 8. Not getting defensive stats, 2 steals. Not attempting threes, 4 of 8. All of that stuff is awesome. If he can, now, this, if he continues that, the top 40 is a real opportunity for him. Now, he started off doing it at the beginning of the season, fell away completely, where he then turned into a nice buy low, and this is great. 
Garland, another rough night with shooting. 14 points in 30 minutes with seven assists and three steals, but at least he hit his free throws, which had been weirdly down, as I detailed on the Bylow show earlier today. And then 31 minutes for Jarrett Allen, 10 and 15, and McGee chipped in with three blocks in 17 minutes. The Discman, Chetty Osman, had 11 points in his 20 minutes, while Dean Wade played, I think, a career-high 28 minutes, and Isaac Okora, who'd been you know, really starting to come up, um, came down. Five points on eight shots. A triple one is still nice, and those defensive stats have started to peak for Okoro, but I look at him as more of a 14-team league guy than anything else. While Dylan Windler, he's just never getting that big opportunity, and it's going to get worse for him, so we're just looking at him as that deeper league sort of option. For the Rockets, um, David Nawaba apparently had a wrist injury that no one decided to tell us about. That's why he didn't play, and he sat on the bench like in his full uniform in the first half and then just went back to the locker room at halftime. Just... Decision-making there, it doesn't make sense, right? This doesn't make sense to me. Because they said, oh, he, we could have used him in an emergency. He would have had to play left-handed. Why did he uh, sit on the bench for the first half? And then, when Daniel House was unavailable in the second half, Nwaba went back to the locker room. Like, why? Why did that happen? I, I've got no idea. As for House, he hurt his knee. Um, we don't have an update on that at this point. He is just a 14-team league guy, and even then, not a high priority. Well, it was John Wall playing at a back-to-back, but Stephen Silas, just calm down. 40 minutes? Now, he was great. 35-3-5 with a triple one, and Oladipo had a little bit of an injury scare in the first half, and he had 20 points with three steals and a block. Of course, Oladipo was horribly inefficient, and they were both massive negatives in terms of plus-minus, but good overall counting stats. And then Justin Patton played 32 minutes. Are they just going with Patton now? Six and six, three steals and two blocks. If that's the case, he is a stream option until Wood returns. With all of those injuries, House going down, um, Nwaba not playing, Eric Gordon being out, the wild thing, Jay Sean Tate played only played 30 minutes, but off the bench, I'm a little worried about where this is going for him. His value really came from one category, and that was field goal percentage. He, he had just five points on 40% shooting. If you're in a 10-team league, he's a drop. If you're in a 12-team league, I would consider moving on from him. Um... In a 12-2, I would consider that. Uh, I think he was playing a little bit above his head to begin this year. Sterling Brown started for House in the second half. Eight points with two steals. He's always good for some steals and threes, but that's really about it. This Rockets team is uh, in real absolute disaster mode at this point. I think it just goes to show just how good James Harden can be, or James Harden is, in fact, because yeah, he was carrying this team. Who Again, they've still got Wall and still got Oladipo. Uh, obviously, Christian Wood not being there hurts, but Harden would not be allowing. I think they've lost 12 in a row. If Harden was there and engaged and wanting to be there, this this would not be happening. I feel pretty confident in saying that. All right, let's go to the last game of the night. The Charlotte Hornets couldn't pull off the miraculous victory here. 123, they go down to Portland, 111. LaMelo Ball, <clears throat> holy shit, 30 points in 32 minutes, 5-3, 6 rebounds, 8 assists, 4 steals, 1 block, 73 true shooting, usage 30. Yes, he was a minus 18, which is rough. But he is putting up absolutely massive numbers. He is going to be a top 20 player from here on out, is my guess. Or at least top 30. And will be a second round guy next year. Rogier was great as well. 20 points, 6 assists, and 4 steals. While PJ Washington Jr. Uh, yeah. Now, he was shooting like 55% from 3 over the last month. And it was destined to come down. He was uh, 1 of 8 for 3 points in 30 minutes. Had 1 block, 0 steals. It was a terrible night from Washington. Very inconsistent. Minus 21. That's rough shit there. Malik Monk continued his good run, 19 points with three threes on 54% shooting. He's got some 12-team league short-term value for sure, while Cody Martin stepped in and started for Jalen McDaniels. 
Uh, Martin had 27 minutes, 8 and 9 with two steals. You're filling in for Gordon Hayward, so nothing to really, uh, really look too deeply into there. Bridges had nine points. He is starting to drift back out of that 12-team calculation. He still can be rostered, especially while Haywood's out, but I'm not sure it lasts. While Caleb Martin had 11 points in 23 minutes in his second game back from COVID. For the Blazers, Carmelo Anthony, 32 minutes for Melo, 29 points, six threes, five steals, and two blocks. What are we doing? Mello. Now, he's still not a top 200 player over the last two weeks and not a top 150 player this year. But if you are looking for some short-term value in terms of streaming points, then fine. Those defensive numbers, just write those off as a fluke. Even the three-point volume here is a fluke. Just a massive game from Mallow that will not stick. And speaking of will not stick, Bob Covington. Remember how bad he was last game? Well, he had 21 and 10 with five threes, two steals, and two blocks on 73% shooting. He is an absolute roller coaster. He's a top 50 player over the last two weeks. It was rough to begin the year. There's going to be plenty of rough games in the future, but he looks at least a little bit more on track. 23 points for Lillard with 10 assists and three steals, while Gary Trent had seven points in his 28 minutes. And we had a double-double from Ennis Canton. Now, he only played 24 minutes here, Ennis, as they went pretty small. 11-11 for him as we had more Covington minutes at center. And, uh, and Derek Jones only played the 25 minutes here. He still had two blocks in one steal. That's what he brings. Defensive stats, but everything else was pretty shitful. Rodney Hood continues to struggle. And Anthony Simons had that nice little burst about two, three weeks ago. And he's gone back to being yeah, pretty much useless at this stage. Let's go through the top ads and drops now. Over the last 24 hours, Isaac Okoro up 20%. I'm going to guess that's just a stream today. He does not belong as a must-roster 12-team league bl- uh, player. Malik Monk up 15%. Makes sense with how he's playing. Dennis Smith up 15% as well. I think he is a solid 12-team league grab. Or Derek Jones Jr. up 11%. I'm guessing, again, that was just for today. He's fine if you're just looking for those defensive numbers, but everything else can be a little bit wonky at times. While Daniel Tice up 8%, absolutely reactionary. Over that last game, now he's been he's been good at times this season, but that's why he jumped so much from that big game last time. And I think he's fine for twelve team leagues. I wouldn't say that he's a guaranteed must roster guy. In terms of drops, Saban Lee down twenty percent. Yes, drop him. Jeremy Lamb down twelve percent. I think he's a twelve team drop as well. Zubats down nine. Yep, makes sense. Nazreen down nine percent. I don't know Reed how he was still rostered in that many leagues and what why yesterday or the last twenty four hours was the impetus to drop him. He's a drop. And Lou Dort down seven percent as well. No, my son is also named Bort. I think that makes a, a ton of sense to me. The monstrous line of the night is uh, Big Chungus. Big, big Chungus, Big Chungus, Big Chungus. Jokic was great. 39, 14, and 9. A steal and two blocks. He's the number one player this year. He's if we, We've got these breakdowns on basketball monsters, like how you do over certain periods of time. The number one player this season, the number one player over the last week, the number one player over the last two weeks, the number one player over the last month, the number one player over the last two months, and the number one player over the last three months, which is the equivalent of the season. Jokic has been unbelievable. Like They are absolutely unleashing him. He had a usage last year of under 27%. He's up to 29. He's taken his true shooting from 61 up to 65%. So to do that while increasing volume is ridiculous. And he's increased his assist rate, and he's increased his rebound rate, and he's increased his minutes, and he's increased his steals, and he's hitting more threes, and he's shooting them at 41%. He's somehow just turned into, like he's always, always awesome, but he is like actually unstoppable awesome now. Your rookie of the night, guess what? It's LaMelo Ball, 30 points, 8 assists, 4 steals. He's the 14th ranked player over the last month, LaMelo. He's going he's gonna to be really good. He's, and uh, there are definitely two teams in that draft that I am guessing would want a pretty significant do-over in that draft. Uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's real good. The top 10 players rostered in under 50% of leagues, Maxi Kleber, 14-team ad, Shake Milton, yeah, deeper leagues, Nick Claxton, 
as I detailed earlier, just an interesting flyerish type guy who's got the potential, but the pathway is a bit clouded. Number four is Lonnie Walker, who, yeah, again, with some of these absences, you can stream him in for tomorrow. Prison Mike Scott, no interest. Number six, Ferky from Turkey, no thanks. Number seven is the Shark, Bruce Brown. Well, while Durant is out, Brown is putting up numbers and helping your field goal percentage. Number eight is Carter Williams. Number nine is JaVale McGee, just that's a fluky one. And then number 10, Aaron Holiday, which is in large part due to the blowout nature of that game for the Pacers against the Sixers today. Let's now move across and have a look at Tuesday across the NBA. All right, so let's take a look at the six games here that we've got for Tuesday after the Raptors and Pistons game has been postponed. That game will likely be played on Wednesday. Be aware of that. The first game, Memphis and Washington. Memphis has already ruled out Grayson Allen, so Desmond Bain likely gets another start. And then Kyle Anderson is also questionable. Now, if Anderson is out, we'd imagine Brandon Clark would start, and it boosts the value of Melton, of Bain, of Winslow, even somewhat Dylan Brooks in that scenario. The Wizards, they'll just be their usual self, I imagine. The Clippers and the Celtics... Jalen Brown is questionable. That's really the only major injury news. Now, if he is out, they'll probably go and start Javante Green in what will be a terrible decision once more. Last game, they also moved Aaron Neesmith out of the rotation, so that was curious. What we're, of course, watching for is to see what happens with that center rotation. The Hawks and the Heat, the third game of the day. New head coach for Atlanta, no Lloyd Pierce. We'll have Nate McMillan in there as well. So I don't imagine massive rotation changes with the first game with a new assistant coming in. I don't think that's going to be a huge factor, but new coach bump, maybe we see that. And maybe there are some slight tweaks which make value change for other guys. And the other big news is that Bogdan Bogdanovic has been upgraded to questionable. Of course, he's been out for a fair few weeks now with that fractured knee, but Bogdan could be returning. I'd expect a pretty limited role if he does, in fact, play. The Knicks and the Spurs, it's a back-to-back for San Antonio. I think there's a real chance that LaMarcus Aldridge doesn't play, although he barely played on Monday, so maybe he's in. I don't expect Derek White, Rudy Gay, or Devin Vassell to play, but I do expect Keldon Johnson to return in this one. So that would probably remove Trey Lyles out of the starting rotation. The Knicks, Alfred Payton is doubtful, so we're looking at another Derek Rose start. Well, Taj Gibson is out again, so big minutes there for Nerlens Noel. Denver and Milwaukee, back-to-back for the Nuggets. No Millsap, no Green, no Harris once more. So uh, you're going to get Monty Morris starting. You're going to get Zeke Nagy in the rotation. You've got Faku out as well. You've got RJ Hampton out. So they are really banged up, the Nuggets. So you're going to get some Vlaco Chancha. You're going to get yeah, Nagy, as I mentioned. Hartenstein coming off that bench. A real uh, blowout risk here with the Bucks six-and-a-half-point favorites. The last game is the Suns and the Lakers, and Dario Saric is questionable, while Damian Jones is questionable for the Lakers, and then the usual cast of probables with Kyle Kuzma and LeBron James listed yet again on that injury report. The Lakers are one-and-a-half-point favorites, and it's a really low total game, 215.5 points. That'll do it for me today. Don't forget to subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on YouTube. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya. See ya.